So, you really want to know what women do, say and think the way that we do, huh? Well, fasten your seatbelts and let's get... She said what? Started with your host, Alan Newman Jr. Well, good evening. I hope everyone is doing good. Of course, it is your host, Alan Newman Jr., and we are on the final, yes, final episode of the season this year for She Said What. First of all, before we get started, I just want to thank everybody for supporting us. Um, it has been an amazing, amazing up and down roller coaster journey. Super excited. Um, we do have some things for next year that's going to be coming down, and you guys will hear about that shortly. But Let's go ahead and get to it for today on She Said What. I just want to remind everybody, um, if you want to subscribe to the network, you can follow us on YouTube um, by searching He Said What Network. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at He Said What uh, Network, and you can follow me at Newman underscore Junior underscore 2.0. For those who are listening today for the first time or for those who are listening to the replay, I just want you to know that basically the way this show works, if you're wondering how it goes, um, this show helps bridge the gap in communication between men and women. So this platform is for our female guests to come in and tell us how it really is raw and rugged from their perspective. For those who want to call in and dialogue with us or just want to listen, you can call us at 515-602-9647 and press the number one. Also, I just want to remind everybody as well um, that if you want to come online, if you're listening um, over the phone, just press the number one. If you just want to listen in, you do not have to press the number one. And if you are listening to us live on our He Said What network he said what network page just type in a question or comment in the feed and we will read those back on the air now without further ado i would like to introduce my lovely lovely guest infinity infinity how are you doing today hey how are you i'm so happy to be here (laughs) thank you everyone i'm happy to have you here it is a pleasure (laughs) it is a honor of course this Topic is, I feel like, a firecracker and very interesting. We are talking about communication, coping with PTSD and depression. Um, of course, you know, for those who do not know, this month is Mental Awareness Month for men, but we also know during COVID and everything, a lot of people have been expressing more and more about um, making sure they're mentally okay and protecting their mental health. Um, for, so for you, Don, because we are talking about from a dating aspect as well, um, how important is it for you, and we're going to get right into it, um, how important is it for you to know if a person is dealing with depression or PTSD before you attempt to date them or um, if you are dating them? Do you, do you expect to know that up front? Do you kind of just kind of want to wait and see how it goes? Well, um, I mean, there's, there's no way to know if somebody's, you know, not like if you didn't meet them in a support group or they didn't put it right on their profile, like you're not going to know ahead of time typically. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are different levels. I would say there are, you know, there's, there's from the, the the serious crazy, like they've had some Mm -hmm. sort of 
horrendous experience as a child or, you know, overseas in the military or saw somebody die. Like, those are those are extreme cases. Um, yeah. But, you know, even on, even on lesser levels, like, they, people can have uh, post-traumatic stress from, you know, toxic relationships or just, mm-hmm. you know, how they learn to communicate with their parents. So, I mean, mm-hmm. so I think all of us have some level of, of PTSD, if you want to call it that. I mean, it's, I'm not mm. using the clinical diagnosable term because um, we kind of use it in our in our society at this point just as a as a descriptive term. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about exactly. Like, I mean, it's important to be able to figure that out, but I think it, it becomes pretty obvious pretty quickly when you're dating someone. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. And then it's interesting because, who? Um, well, uh, like you said, I, I would definitely go with you. They're not going to know unless they have it across their forehead saying, hey, I suffer through this. Um, <laughs> I do feel like it, it, it's a catch-22 because, of course, you know, when we're dating or we're trying to make someone or show someone we're interested, we kind of try and show them the perfectly wrapped package of us without showing them the deep, dark side that you may run into. Um, yep. So initially, you might you might not find out about none of the issues they have. Um, you may not realize that they are depressed or deal with PTSD until something happens in a conversation. You you mess around. I don't know. Let's say um, you always start critiquing everything they do, and then it sets them off. And then you come to find out, like after talking, that their parents used to critique everything they did and they could never get anything right and they've just been harboring and harboring and harboring it and then you guys kind of tend to, when you said your comment, it kind of set them off the edge. Um, right. So you, you really won't know off, off kilter because we've been taught to always put your best foot forward, always let them see the perfect side of you, um, <laughs> which can be detrimental, um, but it also can be a safety mechanism. So I definitely be- agree with you. You won't really find out until you start talking, I do think what plays in part is asking the right questions when you're getting to know somebody. Um, actually, we do have a question for you, Infinity. Um, why do you think some people might be hesitant in admitting that they suffer from untreated PTSD? And this is a question from our website from a listener. Well, I mean, this you know, this month is, is mental health awareness because there is such a mm-hmm. stigma about, about, you know, all mental health issues. So I think mm-hmm. that, you know, say, you know, announcing to someone that, you know, you suffer from this, the, people don't always know what that means. They don't know what the ramifications are going to mean for them in the future. So it's a mm-hmm. hard thing to talk about because, number one, it, it makes us feel out of control. Um you know, if there's a part of our personality that feels like a dark, um, like a dark, bad thing that, that we don't even mm-hmm. understand, how can mm-hmm. we expect a person to understand it? So it's, it's just so important that it's just so important to talk about. It is so important that we, un, that we get a firm grasp of our own mental health. So, I mean, all of us are responsible for our own mental health and, and getting better mm-hmm. and, Addressing these things and being upfront and honest with our partners, and letting them know not only, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this, so I might react if, you know, if it's in these situ- in these particular situations, I might react this way. I think that's really important for a partner to know. 
so mm-hmm. you know shame and shame and embarrassment would be the only thing or or just not thinking it's that big of a deal until it's a big deal those would all be things that all reasons that you wouldn't want to tell somebody but it's really important that we do that's very true and especially with the not thinking it's a big deal i really feel like that's a stigma that a lot of men deal with um mm. not thinking it's a big deal until it becomes a big deal um because right. everyone knows a lot of men are taught where you keep your feelings in you just keep pressing and if you feel this kind of way it's whatever you'll get over it not realizing you could eat you you might be slowly going into depression or going into um not really feeling your worth. And when you're not really communicating it, it can end up spilling out in a negative way. So I can really hear hear that part about not thinking it's a big deal. Um, I can also get with the part, the shame and embarrassment, because let's be honest, when we grew up as kids and stuff, you always heard about either that crazy neighbor or this person who's been going through all that, this kind of stuff. And it's, it's, I think when you mention PTSD or that you're dealing with something like that, it's also the fear of rejection because mm-hmm. now you're going to, you think I'm some crazy person when I'm not crazy. It's just, this is how I feel. And I'm, I'm going through the proper steps to get it taken care of. Um, I think a right. lot of people tend to kind of just um, kind of put it under, under the rug. Um, I, I know I've told some friends I just had, um, I just got a therapist uh, last month Um for a grief counseling, um, and it was definitely eye-opening an experience for the first session. And it took me a minute to agree to even do it because I was fighting in the back of my head, well, you're a man. You shouldn't really have to deal with this. You should just be able to go, get over it. Get over it. You're a guy. Get over it. Raw. We're well, man. Testosterone. And, and my brain is like, yeah, bro, this, this, all of this isn't working. Like, you, you need to find an outlet that is healthy and can put you in a safe space. Um, Good for you. Now I do believe. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, now I do believe when it comes to dating, it is probably even harder because we're living in a time now where you can pick and choose who you want. Like you can talk to somebody right now, and then as soon as they say something you don't like, you're like, yeah, okay, on to the next. Um, <laughs> and sometimes that that can, that can be detrimental. I could sit there and be like, hey, Infinity, you know, I like you. Um, I want to get to know you, but by the way. I just want you to know that I'm dealing with depression and I never got over the death of a loved one and I'm sitting here struggling, working on multiple jobs and yada, yada, yada. But I want to get to know you and see where it works out. You're cool with that? <laughs> and you're probably like, mm, you know, I, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, you know, we are all dealing with stuff. Everybody's dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. But we all have, like, unwritten mm-hmm. rules, like, in our head. Mm-hmm. If somebody starts talking about things like that too soon in a relationship, that throws up a red flag. Like, maybe it's a bigger deal mm-hmm. than, than it is for me. Um, mm-hmm. Or, But also, if you hide it, you know, that's also a red flag. Like there's A red flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we can't win, really, and all of us are dealing with, with crap in our lives, in our past, especially the older we get. Exactly. Uh-huh. Now, speaking I of want, a, I, speak, yeah, go, ahead. Go, go ahead, Infinity. No, you're good. No, no, you, you're good. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, um, you know, you were, you were talking about PTSD, or we were talking about it earlier, kind of being how it's, how it's more like a casual term these days. You know, mm-hmm. it used to be that PTSD mm-hmm. sounded like really scary and clinical and, um, and people exactly. have, 
you know, they have recognized in themselves that their past affect their now and their future unless they deal with it. So all of us that have dealt with any kind of trauma or abuse or, or just any kind of uh, repetitive stress, um, we, we, we feel that connection to the term PTSD. So I think that in, a, in and of itself, the fact that that term is getting normalized, even if you're not clinically diagnosed, diagnosed with PTSD, when someone says it, it's less of a scary thing the, you know, the, the more time goes on the more people do talk about it. So I think, I think that's a good thing. I hope that's a good thing. I hope it's a good thing, too. Um, I know it could probably become problematic just because some, some terms, if you normalize it too much, it ends up not really being a big deal to people when they hear it. Um, exactly. Not realizing where they're legit can be. Like, I can tell you all day in the dating world, hey, I have PTSD, and you're probably like, oh, I got it, too. And everyone's like, I got it. And then you realize <laughs> Like, if you get in a situation where it triggers them and then you realize, like, oh, no, it's not, like, play-play PTSD. Like, these people, this person is really struggling with something that could be detrimental and could cause harm to both people in the party if you don't know. Um, it's, it's almost like we need so a it's, different it's, term. Exactly, exactly. And that, I think that's the one thing you have to worry about when dealing with it. Um, and even in, uh, for those who are listening, you can dial in at 515-602-9647, and you can press the number one um, to let us know so we can bring you on, on the air with us. Um, speaking of um, just not PTSD, PTSD, but depression and dating, um, from your experience, Infinity, have you ever been depressed while in the dating world? Do you, um, and if so, how did you handle that? Hmm. Uh, let's see. I don't think I could say I've ever been like clinically depressed in the dating world. No, mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been sad. I've been stressed, but I am. I am generally. I'm not. A, a de- de- I've never been diagnosed with depression while I'm while I'm doing that. Um, okay. Okay. Have you ever tried to date while you're depressed? You know what's funny. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never like. I've never been depressed, but I have felt where I've told the line where I believe I was going into depression. Um, I've mm-hmm. always been one of those with, and someone can say, well, Alan, that's a toxic trait. I've always been one of those if I feel like I am not in a good space, um, I'm not going to date. Um, and I've actually been on dates for getting to know somebody and I've had to message them back and be like, hey, I've really enjoyed the time getting to know you, but there's some things about me that I'm, I'm starting to see that I need to take care of first. Um, and mm-hmm. at this moment, it's not going to work because the best version of myself that you may need, I cannot provide that. Um, and it's funny. I've, I've, <laughs> I've received mixed responses to that. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to I said, are you sure you weren't just trying to let her be? Sounds like you just weren't feeling No, 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 like, I've I've said that. I've said it twice, and one person was, like, really shocked. and like, oh, okay, that's really mature of you that you realize that. And then another one was like, well, Alan, maybe the best parts of you I can pull out of you. And I'm like, okay, that sounds very romantic and all of that, but I don't think I have that right to push my trauma onto another individual. I've always had that thought process. 
Um, yeah. Which I know some people are like, well, you need people in your corner, which is true, but I don't think it's fair to you when you're trying to enjoy getting to know me and want me to get to know you and see where it goes, and I have this wall up because of the things that I'm dealing with. Right. Well, I think I think another benefit, too, of backing out to, of a relationship at that point is that if you aren't, you know, if you're not fully the person you want to be, you're not going to attract the person that wants. You know what I'm trying to say. You're not going to attract what you're really wanting mm-hmm. until you the person that you want to be. So, exactly. you know, working on yourself. It's a lifelong commitment. We're, maybe we'll all be perfect. We'll all find our perfect mates at like 80 or 90. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it, would, it would make sense. Like, it's, it's a big challenge, um, especially, right. I think, in today's society, because right now um, the focal point everyone wants to know is where are you mentally and stuff like that. So I, I feel like people are dating, but you do have people that are dating with the, well, I need to know where are you mentally um, right now in your life. Um, because where I may be may not be where you are, and where you are is probably not a place where I'm at. So you have to have that conversation. All right. I don't think I've ever asked anybody that. Like, how, how's, how's your mental health? <laughs> so you're such a good person. I, <laughs> now, now um, for those listening, I'm not saying ask that on the date. Like you're over there, you got your first yeah. date, and you're like, while you're ordering your filet mignon, you're like, by the way, what's your <laughs> mental record like? What's your mental health been like? Is there anything that I need to know on this first date? Um, I definitely <laughs> would not say you need to you need to do that. I do believe you should probably go on a couple of dates um, before you kind of hit those kind of questions. I know it's. It depends. I mean, we had um, a person on the show before who said on her first date, she asked the guy for his tax return. So, I mean, hey, if it, if it oh works for you, it works for you. Um, hey, but I, <laughs> but so, I know that you, it's like catch-22. Yes, ma'am. This is true. Um, I was just going to say, you know, when people are when people are depressed, they tend to not take a lot of steps. Like I, I feel like if you're if you're deep in a depression, you're you're less likely to um, you know actually enter into dating. You're less likely to pick up the app and start swiping. Like it is. Um, but what does happen? I what what does happen a lot of times is once you are in a dating relationship and then things take over, um, you know some, something happens or you you start losing control of your your mental health a little bit and you need some extra support. Um, or, or you start dating again. You, so hang on. Erase what I just said. Say you start mm-hmm. dating, dating a person. You have gotten divorced and you, like, did all this work on yourself. You went to the yoga retreat. You found yourself. You feel like you're at peace with, with the world. And so you start dating mm-hmm. again, super excited. You enter into this relationship with a person you think is fabulous, so much better than your ex, and you feel healthy, you feel secure, you feel like you finally know what you want and you're going to stick to it. And then mm-hmm. after the first, you know, couple of months, you have a couple of disagreements that end up triggering you, making you feel like maybe you're not as far as you, far along as you were. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever been in that situation, like where you, where you thought you were healed and then something happens where, where it brings you back to a place where you don't want to be? Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. have that happen. So I, this happens with my clients a lot, um, and it, and that's the that's the you know the quote unquote PTSD that that I deal with a lot with my clients, um, mm-hmm. because I'm not I'm not a mental health professional, so I I deal with the with the other version of it that you know that people just kind of use loosely, um, but, mm-hmm. but when people have it's one thing to to learn better. It's one thing to intellectually go, okay, I'm going to handle this type of situation differently in the future. But then when this situation actually, actually presents itself, someone starts actually um, revealing their narcissistic nature and you start responding in the same way that you used to respond in your other relationship. Like, even though you knew up in your brain what you wanted to do differently, a lot of times our our gut instinct is to just be what we knew before because we have to change our, our our subconscious programming. It's not just a mental decision to do things differently or or feel differently or respond differently. It's it's almost primal and we have to change mm-hmm. at, at that level, which is it's hard work. So it's 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 a wonder that any of us um end up happy happily ever after. <laughs> Right, right. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, actually, um, Infinity, we got another question for you. Um, this is actually an interesting one, um, and we'll probably piggyback off of what you answered. Um, have you suffered from any depression due to childhood trauma and either um, depression that you've known? I know you said you, you've never been um, diagnosed for depression, but have you ever suffered from any depression due to childhood trauma? Uh, me personally? Mhm. I've only I have only been diagnosed with depression once in my life, and it was it was the middle of my divorce when I was okay. um, I was done from my church. So that was it was a whole lot of stuff going on. And mm-hmm. um, my childhood was I, I had a I had a very I was very loved. So I don't have any childhood awfulness. Um, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Although awesome. oh bad oh. things happen. Tell the story. People were like, "Really, really, really?" But I, I felt loved. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, no, that's that's actually good. I, I can definitely attest to that as well. Um, and actually, so piggy off, piggybacking off that question and picking off it on your answer, then, um, do you think someone who has not dealt with childhood trauma or adult trauma in that nature from their childhood? Are they able to cohesively, in your opinion, date or be in a relationship with someone who is dealing with childhood traumas? Oh yeah, I think it, I think that can be a very safe place for a person who has dealt with childhood trauma to be with a person that is is whole and has experienced full fullness of love as a child. I think that is a very mm-hmm. good, you know, that those relationships have a very good chance of survival, but it, it has more to do with how they show up in their relationship now, like how they, you know, how they, how they communicate with each other, um, what they're willing to share, how closely guarded they are. Um, Cause it, I mean, it takes a lot of work. So, and it takes a lot of not only work, but just being open and honest and, uh, you know, effective communication is everything when you're, when you're dealing with hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, effective. So, uh, 
I feel like the theme um, of this entire season for us have been communication. Like almost every other show, someone's mentioning effective communication. So it's it's interesting. It's everything. The same thing. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So so then my it's- question is, with effective communication and being up front, what, what if hypothetically you're you're providing all of that, but the issue for that person is to them you can't relate. You can't relate to the issues that plague them or the inner battles and demons that plague them, um, even though you're trying to love them the best you can. Like when do you think you may have to decide, like, this may not be healthy for me to stay in because what I'm giving this person is draining me because they're still fighting their battles? Because, you know, a lot of people get in relationships like that where they don't have those traumas, and when they get into it, it's a battle trying to show that person the love and peace that they need without draining yourself. Uh, I mean... The answer is in the question. When you feel that, you know, you are being drained, that is that is a time to really consider whether or not you're going to continue in the relationship. You can't help someone that's not going to help themselves. So if you're with someone that, if you're not someone that, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. you <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I it's, it's gone. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> if, no, you're good. You're good because it'll probably pop back up later. Um, so, what about? Because I do feel like we do have people who, and I'm probably not going to say the term correctly. Um, people who tend to get in relationships with people who are troubled mentally mm-hmm. to kind of help help them. Um, Do you think that could possibly play mentally as well? Like, you're going out of your way. Like, you have some people that they say all I attract is toxic people or people that are mentally disturbed or these are the people that are only attracted to me to date. Um, do you think maybe with that particular individual, is it something in them that is attracted them to those people as well? Like the need to want to feel wanted, the need for, to want to say that I helped this person, I got them through this? Well, the law of attraction says that, that like is, is attracted to like, sameness. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, more you, the more you think a thought, the more you notice, the more it, it comes into being. So if you, mm-hmm. if you, uh, you know, have a couple of these experiences and then suddenly you're identifying yourself as someone that attracts those kind of people, guess what? You are going to be the person mm-hmm. that attracts those the people that have a lot of issues and, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe, maybe you mm-hmm. really enjoy talking things out or feeling like a hero or feeling like you need to rescue people because of some sort of trauma in your past. Like there's, you know, no judgment, mm-hmm. judgment there, but we are the creator, the creators of our own reality. So mm-hmm. um, that's not a situation we want to be in. We have to work really, really hard at the, at that, at how we're talking to ourselves. It goes back to communication, like you were saying. It goes, mm-hmm. communication is everything, and it's not just between people. It's not just between, you know, us and, and the universe. It is, it is also just us with ourselves. So mm-hmm. how we speak to ourselves has a lot to do with, well, has everything to do with our experiences in the world. 
And not to say mm-hmm. that, you know, things, obviously, you couldn't have, you know, like you didn't attract a car accident or, you know, not not going there. But just, yeah. but as far as, to, in light of what you were saying, that is absolutely something that we can create in our, our own lives. And, mm-hmm. and a limit. That's very true. That's very, that's very true. I and mean, I actually like that lesson. That's definitely something to sit back and chew on because it's definitely true. Um, so for those listening, if, if you are one of those that you tell your friends, hey, I always attract these kind of people, it's, it's probably because you are equally attracted to them as well. It's not always. Um, sometimes you make it sound like it's one person, and it's actually both both individuals that are creating that attraction. Um, right. It's a belief. Which, which, if you which, believe you attract them, yeah. that's just how it's going to be. Exactly, exactly. So you know what? So the, maybe 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 a lot of people need to kind of change their thinking on what they attract because sometimes we, we are creatures of habit and we automatically just assume mm-hmm. like, well, this is what I attract. This is, this is what it is when you can probably change, change that thought process, change that mindset. And I think it's funny you said that because I think that's why it throws people off where you'll see someone who probably had this type of man or woman and then something happened and then years later you meet them and like the person they're with is the complete opposite of what you're used to them seeing because they changed up their mindset on it. Yep. True. It's true. Sometimes we we work really hard at dating the exact opposite of of our ex if it was bad enough. But it's funny because because mm. a lot of times those relationships where we think we're dating the exact opposite end up having a lot of the same characteristics because subconsciously we are still we are still attracted to what attracted us to that person to begin with. It's 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 convoluted. I was gonna say. Man. Um, so to put it in a positive to put to put it in a positive mm-hmm. light. So I mm-hmm. believe wholeheartedly I have I have parking luck. I get princess parking everywhere I go. And because I believe that, it keeps happening. So if if I'm looking at it from the outside, I may not I mean I don't believe this. I think I get I get great parking every time, but I may not. It's just that when I do, I notice and I re and I re um reaffirm it in my mind. Mm-hmm. It happens that there's my spot where's my spot where's my spot i'm looking for my spot i don't go to the back of the you know to the back of the parking lot i go right to the mm-hmm. front and, and go find my spot but you know somebody walks somebody watching from the sidelines might go yeah but you got you, you know you you had to go around the, the lot a bunch of times on tuesday but you know I, that's not what i'm what i'm noticing what i'm noticing is the spot the times that it does work out for me so in my mind i get princess parking every time in someone else's mind Maybe I look crazy, <laughs> but I don't care. I'm happier that way. That's awesome. I like I like that thought. <laughs> I like that thought, and that's very 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 true. Now that you mentioned, it, very true. Um, guys, we're we're going to um go to a quick commercial break, um, and then we'll come back to conclude our show on talking about PTSD and depression with Infinity. Be back in a second.
take time, baby And I hate the fact you've been crying, baby I might be asking a lot from you But I gotta do everything that I need to do To make you understand I'm not happy unless I am your man Everything that I do is for us I just can't go on if I don't This one, Mike from Simply Sports, and you're tuned in to the He Said What Radio Network. Support of people of color begins with support by people of color. Introducing Melanin People. Melanin People is a new, innovative new social media platform people of color from all around the world. It's a place for us to interact, showcase our talents, express our passions, share our cultures, and do business, both locally and internationally. Download the Melanin People mobile app now. Connecting people of color. Welcome back to She Said What. Of course, this is your host, Alan Newman, Jr. I just want to remind everybody um, on the last half hour of the show, um, if you want to call in, you can at 515-602-9647. And if you want to go online and talk to us, um, just press the number one, and we'll bring you on the phone lines. Um, if you're listening, live streaming from our He Said What Network uh, website, just type in your question and your comment, and we will read that um, as well over the line. Um, and, of course, we're talking about coping with PTSD and depression with Infinity. She's been an amazing Infinity. Welcome back. Um, and if you've missed it towards our commercial break, um, she talked about her getting her princess parking. Um, which it's, it's, it's amazing when you think about it, um, Infinity, because of the fact that you expect it. You don't just look, it's not that you're looking for it, you just expect it. So when you go out to go park, it happens. 
Um, so I think right. that's really, really neat. And I think that's a good way to kind of go into it when we're looking at dating. Because so many people are, are quick to go, well, what are you looking for? What is this? And sometimes when you just, well, this is what I'm looking for, and you go out there, you just run into it. And I think that's why there's some people, you see them meet somebody, and then you're like, oh, my God, they met, and they got married. And you're like, how did that happen? And they're like, it just happened. But people don't realize the intentionality that they had that directed them to the proper person that they had or the, uh, that they um, ended up um, getting with. Well, in the, in the opposite, too, how many times have you heard men say all women are crazy or, all, or women say all men are or pigs, you know? Like, we can't mm-hmm. think like mm-hmm. that, you guys. We can't be like that. That's not true. And, and, it's, and it's only hurting us because if we, if we believe that, then, then, okay, so if I believe all men are pigs, what I'm going to notice are all of, the, all of the piggish acts I see around me performed by men. The other things are going to slide by my notice, just just like the time that I had to circle three times in the lot. You know, I'm not going to I'm not I'm going to forget about that. I'm just going to remember, you know, that that guy that you know asked me for a nude pic as soon as I you know gave him my number. You know, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> no, no, I feel you. I feel you. You you make a lot of sense because it's very true. Because now, especially with all the ways social media is and everyone has a podcast and everyone's a relationship guru and all of this stuff. It's funny because you would feel like, and I felt like this, you go on social media, you feel like every time you pull it up, someone, a woman is saying, all men are this, all men are that, this is all I run into. And in my brain, I'm like, dang, like there's no, there's no decent guys. Like nobody is um, running into decent guys. All men are just crappy. I'm like, dang! Like everyone just needs to go their step, their separate planet, and just call it call it a wash. Like relationships just suck, right. man. Well, negative negative energy ne- negative attention is easier to get. It's the easy. It's like the low hanging fruit. So, if somebody mm-hmm. can cut somebody down or make somebody laugh in a negative way, like that that those are that's the easy stuff. It takes actual effort to see the positive, especially when you've been hurt before or you've run into negative before. So I understand why it happens, but it is up to us to change the way we think and to affect the people around us because everything we do affects the people who are listening to us, who are in our lives all the time. It's, it, we have to take personal responsibility for lifting everyone up, not just the, the person that we're dating that has PTSD or depression. We're responsible for ourselves. We're responsible for, for, for the, how we show up in the world. Like, what is the point if you're just here to bring people down? I don't like that. That's that's true. That's true. I get I get that. Um, and actually, we have we have another question for you, Infinity. Um, the question is, how do we deal with those friends who are always complaining? And this is interesting, mm-hmm. especially in the dating dating world. So this is very this is a very interesting question. So okay, how do we deal with friends who are for, read it again? Um, how do we deal with how do we deal with those friends who are always complaining? So, I mean, we've all we've all got those friends, and depending on our mm-hmm. personalities, it's it, we can get sucked into it, or we can make a decision to not go there. And sometimes, when we continuously make the decision to not go there, either they either they change because they're not getting the response they want or they disappear. They go find other friends that want to complain with them. So, you know, it's not so much a problem that we fix for them. We just have to guard our own, 
we have to guard our own subconscious so that we don't we don't get dragged down. And it's easier to pull someone off a table than it is for you to pull someone up. So we have to be really careful. We have to really be mindful of staying positive, of staying kind, of staying optimistic. Hmm. That's, I that's, have a, that's a good. No, you're good, Anthony. Go ahead. I was just going to say one of one of the um, one of my my crowd that are listening just sent me a message, and it, I, I want to read it because it's it's beautiful. It's perfect. Um, she said, "If we find ourselves in the same situation, it gives us a chance to respond instead of react. Once we do this, we won't repeat it again. It's shining the light." So I love this because because it it gives it hands us back the control. Like we don't have mm-hmm. to just. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to be the person with a terrible temper. Don't, don't, don't say, don't tell people you have a bad temper. Don't have a bad temper. Like, don't, don't identify as a person with a bad temper. So you have in the past had a, a bad temper. So you're going to, you're going to respond next time you feel, you feel those triggers coming up. You're going to respond instead of just reacting. Reacting is what animals do, and we have these beautiful, wonderful brains that are just so complex. We have the power to change the way we react, So, and it's called responding. So I really like that. Thank you for, for that, my friend. That, that, that's, really, that's really good, and, and it's, it's true, and I think when people start realizing to have that thought process, especially in the dating world, I think a lot of people will be better off. A lot of people will be better off when they have have that thought process, which I guess the biggest challenge is people have to change their thinking. And I think that's the biggest challenge for a lot of people is changing their thinking to think the opposite of how they've been probably been thinking for the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years, um, however long um, they've been thinking that way. That's right. And the older we get, the harder it is to change our thinking. Our, our, Our brains, our our minds are completely formed by like 25 and that that's pushing it like you get the most of of what is going of what you think about the world by the time you're five years old so when you're forming how you how you think the world is or how how people are or what love is like it those are the first five years how many memories do you even have of those first five years it's almost unfair like we are forming how what we believe about the world when it, at a time when we don't even we don't have any control over our lives or our experiences um, or even our memory, so when when that when that shit comes up later, we are we don't have any tools to look back and go, oh hey, that's because that one time you know that kid pushed me over, and so now now I think you know tall people with brown hair don't are <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we don't know where that that belief came from, but. So our sub, but our subconscious just it, we we make most of those decisions by the time we're five, and then the rest are pretty much formed by the time by about our mid twenties. So any time after that, we really, really, really have to um, dig deep to make those changes, and it can be done, but it takes work. Like it's, it's let's not be on autopilot anymore, okay? Now this is what being a grown up is. It is taking control of all the shit you don't like about yourself and changing it. It's possible. Very, very, very true. Very true. It's very possible, and it takes 
a lot of effort and hard work as as you're saying infinity that that's actually a really good nugget for those that are listening um sometimes we just <clears throat> we live in a <clears throat> excuse me we live in in a microwavable age to the point we just expect everything to go or fix right off the bat without putting in the work which ties into when we're dealing with depression and PTSD um, and communicating it, you definitely have to put in, to put in the work because if you're not putting in the work, you're not going to see the change behavior. Um, and ultimately, that's probably going to doom your interactions with somebody. Um, not saying you won't be able to find somebody, but you might end up finding or settling on somebody and y'all may make it work for like 20, 30 years, but be miserable the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. And now we live in a society... We live in a society now where, like, as soon as you make me mad, I'm probably going to drop you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Although, I will say, you know, the, the divorce rate is is rising, but it's rising mm-hmm. in a large part because women don't feel trapped in relationships. So it's, it's holding mm-hmm. men accountable to be good men. And I, I think it's going to balance out. The marriages that, that last longer... I think what's going to happen is that the marriages that, that last are not just going to be, you know, well, I, well, I just got to stick it out because I want to hit the 50 year mark. It's going to be people that really respect each other. Like they're going to be stronger relationships. So, you know, I don't care that the, that the divorce rate has gone because it's gone up for a good reason. It's gone up because, mm-hmm. because women finally feel empowered to leave relationships that are bad when before they didn't. Mm. So to me, it's not, you know, it's not about giving up. It's about empowerment and let's figure out mm-hmm. how to be better together. So both directions, mm-hmm. obviously. Oh, yeah, naturally. For for my male listeners, I don't want to feel feel like that's a fight towards them. It's, it's very true. When you look at marriage from times past the way it is now, the, the, um, the scales have tipped where now women are not being forced to have to stay in a bad marriage because they have to depend on the man solely to provide everything. Now the playing field has been evened out, which I think that's fair. Um, I know a lot of guys will probably feel differently, but it's, I, wouldn't, I would never want a man or woman to stay in a relationship where, A, they're either being abused or they're just mentally not there because of what's going on with their partner. Um, and I know yep. some people say, what. Well, you got to understand, so death do us part. And not, I get to death do us part and stuff, but one thing my dad used to say um, while he was alive, one thing if you're not going to do is beat me like a doorknob and think I'm going to keep coming back every day. That ain't about to happen. Um, and sad, sadly, that's what was happening. People were either mentally, physically, emotionally getting beaten like doorknobs day in and day out and staying because, oh, well, it's my husband, it's my wife, and I said to death do, do us part. Yeah, nope, because by the time death hits, you're going to be the one that kills over, and that person's going to go about their business. So I agree with you 100% um, with that. Um, and I think it'll I think it average out because I really do believe um, men are starting to understand um, that, hey, we need to make sure our mental health um, and stability is on kill with the women. We need to be able to match the women's energy when it comes to myself. Because one thing everyone knows is women are, y'all have no problem needing to shut down, cut people off to take care of your mental health. Um, I think men are starting to learn that, which it is a challenge because, of course, men have always been geared as being fixers, as being guys who no matter what hits you, you don't talk about it, you'll be fine. Um, But I think as times are changing, 
men are starting to realize, like, no, this is not okay. I need to talk about this. I need to get this out. If I don't talk about this, how will this ultimately affect my family or the family in the future I want? How will it affect me in the dating game? Um, and I think that's causing people to really look at a, the broader picture, um, which comes to my, one of my final questions for you, um, Infinity. When it comes to dating, um, how, how, are, how do you feel about couples therapy? Is that something you should wait till you're either engaged or getting married? Or if you've been dating for a while and you're exclusive and you guys know where it's going, um, when is a good time to mention taking couples therapy or seeing what their, what their opinion is on couples therapy or therapy in general? Hmm. I mean, I love therapy. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I love my therapist. I, I love her. <laughs> that being said, oh gosh, this is, this is a this is a difficult question. I did not I did mm-hmm. not go to couples before I got married. I did okay. years of therapy while I was married, and it was freaking pointless except to except to show me all the things that all all the reasons that yeah I really do this really is a terrible relationship. Um, it's, it, it's so hard because so many people will get married younger, you know, they're so young, and their their beliefs aren't fully even formed yet. It's it's hard to make adult decisions when you are not your brain is still a little bit mushy. Um, mm-hmm. a little bit older. I mean, obviously therapy is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess that's just it. Therapy is never a bad idea. Therapy is never bad. Um, I think there are other things that we could do. Like, if you're fighting so much that you feel like you need therapy before you get married, then maybe you don't need to go to therapy. You need to break up. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. But, you know, I, as far as, I mean, therapy's never going to hurt. It's always a good decision to to get, a, get an outside professional um, opinion on on the stuff that you're dealing with, especially if you haven't learned to cope with some of your your issues from the past if you don't fully understand your own triggers and your own PTSD really so uh, so on that so yes the answer is yes I do think that's a great idea okay awesome awesome um, I think it is too fellas you're listening you, you heard it from um, a, a woman herself definitely therapy <laughs> is definitely um, a good route to go. Um, and not necessary because I, I know a lot of people be quick to say, oh, I just feel like therapy is just a trendy topic. Not saying everybody needs therapy. Not everybody needs therapy. But you do, I think you should be open to it because you mm-hmm. never know. You may get with someone who is like, hey, I actually like therapy. And, and you may want to talk about it. I mean, not saying you have to, like, it's a be-all to end-all that you have to take therapy. But I think I think it's good to have someone to hash out how you feel because, like I said, with my therapist, I had I only had one session and she brought up some stuff that I never even realized was sitting there inside of me until it came up. So you never know um, until until you talk and talk to a therapist and it can end up um, being being worth it. Being worth it, it can save a relationship, save save a life. Um, it can save how you're going to move and um, how you become better as a human being. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's, saying saying I don't need therapy or I do need therapy, it's like saying I don't I don't need a doctor or I do need a doctor. Like sometimes you don't know until mm-hmm. so you go in for that physical that you know, hey, congratulations, you've got <laughs> prostate cancer we need to deal with. You know, you exactly. didn't know you needed exactly. a doctor. So it's, oh, holy shit, you 
yeah, you, you need some doctrine. So I feel that, the same about that, that part. That that it's, part. It's me. So, <laughs> you definitely you, you definitely need it um and like i said i'm definitely an advocate for it uh for those who are listening and as you can tell infinity is definitely um at, um very um open and down for therapy so i think that's something that a lot of people especially my men that are listening something that you really need to consider um especially in the dating game it helps with the communication and things like that um, and before we conclude our final episode of 2021, I just want to go Woo-hoo. ahead and step back. So, Infinity, right? Right? Good milestone. It was amazing, amazing. I kind of want to just step back for Infinity. Um, she does have some um, information in place, um, on social media that you can follow her. So, you know how we do it um, every um, week, guys. They'll give us our information, their information so we can support them in everything that they are doing. So, Infinity, the floor is yours, ma'am. Well, yippee, skip. Um, okay, well, <laughs> my name is Infinity, and that is my real name. Uh, my, my company is The Infinity Shift. And that's where you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook at The Infinity Shift and Instagram, The Infinity Shift. Um, you can also find me on Clubhouse if you if anybody's on there. That's that's a little bit different. Okay. I'm Finney D on Clubhouse. F I N N I E D E E. And well, I mean, I my I'm passion I'm passionate about supporting men and women going through divorces and and breakups. Some Let's face it, some of our breakups are just as bad as, as divorces. In, in fact, some breakups are worse than divorces because you actually still love the person. Um, divorce mm-hmm. is difficult and a, and a whole different animal, but I support, I support both, um, both of those folks in different, through different situations. So I work with people that are just in the beginning stages all the way to the point where they've gone to the yoga retreat and they, they actually want to start kind of dabbling in dating again, and they're dealing with those PTSD issues coming up like we talked about. So um, mm-hmm. I'm passionate about that because I went through my divorce. It's been almost nine years now, and and it was, it was the only time in my life that I have ever truly felt depressed, like I didn't want to get out of bed, like I didn't want to eat. Um, you, you lose friends. You don't know. You feel ugly. You've gone through the, the this time, this time period where people are just where where you, the person that loves you the most is saying horrible things to you and about you, and you're suddenly having to protect yourself from this person, uh, not only you know emotionally but legally, financially. So, um, so I I just want to invite anyone that is struggling with this to please reach out. No matter even if this is somebody you've been dating for six months and your heart's broken, reach out because talking makes it easier. And I deal with this all the time. I love to have conversations around this. I love helping people. And you can do that through, um, I'm just going to keep it easy. Just just message me on Facebook or Instagram. Again, it's, it's at the Infinity Shift, T-H-E-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-Y-S-H-I-F-T. Um, my website www.theinfinityshift.com. Uh, if you want to just stalk me before you talk to me, that's fine, too. I get it. I understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but but I just I, I just I, I want I want to see people get back on their feet better, and I want to see them have better relationships next time. And it's possible. We have control. We have the power to have to do better. And I want to see more people do that. That's that. I'm, that's my goal. Absolutely. Thank you, Infinity. And matter of fact, before we wrap up, 
Um, I have been speaking peaks at Affinity's um, Instagram, guys. And I'm just going to read two quotes that she said that can uh, resonate with you guys um, for the rest of the week and this weekend. Um, the first one is, right now you are one decision away from a new life. Um, and then the second one is, why are we still driving ourselves down the same dead-end roads, roads in life and love? Because it's easy. Change is hard, but it's worth it. Do the work which I think that ties in with what we talked about, communication, coping with PTSD and depression. Um, you do the work. It may be hard, but at the end of the tunnel, um, I think you'll be where you want to be, um, and you'll be happy in your relationship, friendships, and how you handle life in general as a whole. Absolutely. Preach. <laughs> thank you, Infinity. And once again, uh, before we uh, – break i want to thank infinity for coming on for our final episode of the year um we're definitely going to have her back um next year um once again to kind of go over topics but this was an amazing amazing talk with infinity thank you so much uh for being a part infinity so so much and we'll definitely keep it in touch thank you alan thank you everyone thank you and guys before we go ahead and cut i just want to remind everybody um on Sunday, we still have Let's Connect with P's Intuition um, starting at 8 p.m. On Monday, we have Simply Sports from 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9.30 p.m. Um, on Tuesdays, we are going to have Blast from the Past for He Said What. So, of course, you're going to be hearing a, um, an episode that was picked out from this year that will be replayed. So definitely um, see if you'll hear your favorite show uh, episode that you heard with He Said What. Um, then, of course, we will be doing the same thing on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with She Said What. We're going to be replaying shows um, from this year for you to laugh, to say, oh, my God, I can't believe that was said. Um, so here's some iconic quotes um, that have gone on during uh, this broadcast. Um, also, I just want to remind everybody, um, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 9.05 p.m. is Simply Bree and That Be. Um, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which is um, formerly known as the After After Show. Um, and actually, today, tonight's topic, they are going to be talking about the do's and don'ts when expressing your interest. So that's going to be on Instagram on at the He Said What Network page. So if you're not following the He Said What Network page on Instagram, go do it now. Do it right now. Go on Instagram, uh, search He Said What Network, hit the follow button, and join us at 9.05. I'll be there with them as well. Looking forward to the dialogue that we're going to have. Um, once again, on today's final episode of She Said What, I am your host, Alan M. Newman, Jr. And once again, I want to thank you guys for being with me on this journey for our first season. Um, looking forward to bringing you new and amazing content on next week. For those that are going to be on Instagram in a few minutes, we will see you on He Said What Network's uh, Instagram page to talk about the do's and don'ts when expressing your interest with Simply Breathe. It was a pleasure, guys. Be safe. Thank you for supporting the He Said What Radio Network. Please be sure to check out the website where you can find more of our shows on sports coverage, music showcases, and entertainment. Are you interested in giveaways? Sign up today to receive special members-only giveaways by visiting www.hesaidwhatnetwork.com now.